0: vacation is officially over now, huh? Good morning. good morning. Welcome to King of Kings this morning. It's good to see you all. It's good to be back from vacation. I had a wonderful, rela- well it wasn't relaxing. We did a whole lot of driving. But I got to check in with all three of my daughters, all our grandkids, a couple of my sisters, and a couple of really good friends and even stopped in the town that my parents grew up in and checked in with one of my cousins. It was just totally unplanned, but it was right on the way. I said, hey, let's pull in here. I'll show you Pine Grove, Pennsylvania. Um, but I'm back. Uh, as many Thank you for all the well wishes, as maybe you've heard. I've, you know, obviously, plenty of people have heard. Marjorie took a tumble on Thursday, ended up in the ER, um, and when they discharged her that day, she has a broken humerus up near the shoulder. Basically, it diagnosed a fractured shoulder. So her hand is immobilized to her side, and sh- it's her left hand, and she is left-handed. So um, there is some fall- fallout from this. A, she had to resign her position over at Lutheran Church of the Resurrection in Cocoa Beach because she won't be able to drive for six to eight weeks. Um, This sends, while that congregation had done all their interim work and were actually interviewing, it does send a um, confusion into a congregation when a pastor suddenly doesn't appear. So I'm praying that we can get over there and clean out all the stuff from the condo. She's able to go with my uh, son is already arranging to get a trailer so we can get over there in one shot and pick everything up, but um, that she can go with us and she can say goodbyes and have that kind of parting, even though it wouldn't be in the official uh, formality of a church. But uh, currently she's in good spirits, sort of this morning she was a little grouchy, but She's been sitting in the same chair for three days now with her arms strapped to her side, but we were able to get through the shower yesterday to get everything off and then put back on with the minimum of pain. Her caretaker, pray for his patience because he never planned to do this in his life, but he's doing all right with it. Um, and pray for her recovery. We see the orthopedist on Tuesday. Hopefully, we're praying that... He basically gives us the same diagnosis that they gave her at the ER, that it's just something that she, she needs to allow to heal and then do some rehab with later on. So, that's where that is. I, and again, I appreciate all your calls and concerns and prayers and well wishes. Uh, a couple other announcements here. A new member class today and next week, right after service, get a cup of coffee. I know a couple people had expressed interest in doing that. Um, so they, they take anywhere from half hour to 45 minutes and they'll be done. Uh, Doris wanted us to have a worship uh, committee meeting next week after service, so those who are involved in the worship and music aspect of our church next week after service, I will be there as soon as I get done with the new members class. Uh, food Pantry is on Thursday, uh, the pantry starts at 3 o'clock, but we actually gather ahead of time. And we're going to, what time are we going to meet, Chris? 1.30? Yes. One, we're going to meet at 1.30. It's very important that this week we dot all our I's and cross all our T's because we're going to see a, a representative from Feeding Pan- Tampa Bay who provides us with the uh, foods that we give out. So we will discuss all that. So anybody's going to help out that day, we ask that you get there at 1.30. Um, you had a dance Friday night? Went well? Okay. And karaoke the week before on Friday? Went well? Okay. Wonderful things. And the are working when things work out. Are there any other further announcements for the good of the family here? Pastor, I do have uh, uh, an announcement for everybody. We have two birthdays in the house today. Whoa! Yes, two, not one, but two. Ina, would you please stand? And Marilyn, Allison, would you please stand? Blessings, and I won't ask her any specific numbers. I don't feel anybody should ever have to say that unless you're filling out a form. So, But congratulations. We're glad that we could celebrate this with you. Any other announcements? Yes. Um,
1: in the near future, I don't know if you've gone online, but we have two scheduled events. One is our outreach sale on October 1st and our October Fest is the 16th I keep getting that mixed up but those will there'll be flyers going in your bulletins and then the announcements will made each week to remind you if you and have what, anything what, at home
0: why do we call it an outreach sale Chris because it really is a garage <laughs> sale but why do we call it an outreach sale Chris
1: Because <laughs> is an outreach to the community <laughs>
0: right It's an opportunity for people who may not be part of our community to get to meet us, and you never know, they might say, well, what's the worship service like, or what else do you do, or it's a chance to reach out. So yeah. Okay. Thank you.
1: October 1st and October 16th, mark your calendars. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. Yes, Carl. Uh, One more announcement that Chris forgot to mention, that uh, for all of us here and anybody in TV Land, that if you come across any banana boxes, so we really would appreciate you know our your help to uh, bring us boxes because for the food pantry we need a lot of them. But we okay. appreciate it. Thank you. So does that have a song? <laughs> dayo, dayo. day-o. day-o we need banana boxes banana for boxes the food. To our church today. Day-o. Okay. So you got that? You'll hear that song. Banana boxes. Okay, any other announcements? Yes, Larry. Oh, new are there any first-time visitors who are going to be bold enough to let us know you're here? I won't ask anything else, but raise your hand. We have a pamphlet that we give first-time visitors. It just briefly tells who we are and what we do and just... You're welcome to it. I I won't make you stand up and say your name or anything. I I personally don't believe in it. I think if you come to church for the first time, you should be able to hide in the back and nobody bother you. But, well, they should say welcome. It's nice to see you. So, any other announcements? We're going to have to get to worship soon here. All right. So I invite those who are able to stand, and let's begin our worship. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who is eager to forgive and who loves us beyond our days. Amen. Dear friends, together let us acknowledge our failure to love this world as Jesus does. God of mercy and forgiveness, we confess that still has a hold on us. We have harmed your good creation. We have failed to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with you. Turn us in a new direction. Show us the path that leads to life. Be our refuge and strength on the journey through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer and friend. Amen. Beloved of God, your sins are forgiven, and you are made whole. God points the way to new life in Christ, who meets us on the road. Journey now in God's abiding love through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all and also with you. please join me in praying the prayer of the day direct, direct us, us O God, God in all our, our doings, doings with your continual help that in all, all our works begun continued and ended and in you in we may glorify your holy name and finally by your mercy bring us to everlasting life, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.
0: That Chris is about to read is not the one that's in your bulletin, and the one that's in your bulletin is perfectly good, but it was the alternative that I looked at, and I gave Larry a fit earlier in the week when I changed things up, so listen I don't know if it'll be projected, but, no. okay.
1: <laughs> Our first reading is from Jeremiah. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, come, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and was working at his wheel. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, can I, not do, can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as the potter has done, says the Lord. Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. At one moment I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy. But if the nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will change my mind about the disaster that I intended to bring on it, and at another moment I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom, that I will bring I will build and plant it, but if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will change my mind about the good that I have intended to do to it. Now therefore says the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Israel, thus says the Lord. Look, I am a potter shaping evil against you and devising a plan against you. Turn now, all of you, from your evil way and amend your ways and your doings. The word of the Lord. Let us read responsively Psalm 1. Happy are they who have not walked in the counsel of the wicked, nor nor lingered in the way of the sinners, sinners, nor sat sat at the seat of the scornful. scornful. Their delight is in the law of the Lord, and they they mean it day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in dry season, leaves leaves that do do not not wither, everything everything they do prosper. It is not so with the wicked. They are are like chaff, the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked shall not stand upright when judgment comes. And a sinner in the counsel of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. And by the I way of the right is righteous, shall <clears throat> be Second reading is a reading from Philemon. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. To Philemon, our dear friend and co-worker. To Aphia, our sister. To Archippus, our fellow soldier. To the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. When I remembered you in my prayers, I also thank my God because I hear of your love from all the saints and your faith toward the Lord Jesus. I pray that sharing of your faith may be effective when you perceive all the good that we may do for Christ. I have indeed received much joy and encouragement from your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, my brother. For this reason, though, I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do your duty. Yes, I would rather appeal to you on the basis of love, and I, Paul, do this as an old man and not also as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I am appealing to you for my child, onimus whose father I have become during my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now indeed he is useful both to you and to me, I am sending him, that is, my own heart back to you. I wanted to keep him with me so that he might be of service to me in your place during my imprisonment for the gospel, but I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your good deed might be voluntary and not something forced. Perhaps this is the reason he was separated from you for a while so that you might have him back forever no longer as a slave but more than a slave a beloved brother especially to me but how much more to you both in the flesh and in the lord so if you consider me your partner welcome him as you would welcome me if you have wronged if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything charge that to my account i paul am written and writing this with my own hand I will repay it. I say nothing about you owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, let me have this benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I am writing to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 14th chapter. Now loud crowds were traveling with Jesus. And he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose one who comes against him with Twenty thousand. If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. The gospel of our Lord Praise Praise to you, Christ. Christ. Please be seated. I saw there was a child. We got two of them. Would they like to come up? I got a message for you. And a treat and a prize. We bribe kids to come up. Uh, it looks like you might have someone joining, yeah? <laughs> you know what? She's wearing the sermon on her shirt. It says, love my mama. It's all right. She not have to. She, it's all right. You can be shy. Anyway, what's your name? Ariana. And your name? Dylan. Now, what do you know about Love there's lots of songs about love saying love is the answer love is the way all you need is love love and marriage there's also love stinks love hurts what do you know about love you're in a shirt says love my mama why is that because mama looks out for you and mama cares for you and that's what Jesus teaches us is that we not only are loved by God unconditionally, there's nothing you can do that'll make God love you any more, and there's nothing you can do that'll make God love you any less. And that's what God asks us to do. Love God, and then love one another, and then love yourself. It's all about love. And so just like those four prophets from Liverpool, Who are the the four prophets from Liverpool? John, Paul, George, and Ringo said, all you need is love. Okay, so that's all you need. So let's say a prayer. Dear God, we thank you for all the love that you pour into this world. We thank you that you love us when we're good, but we thank you even more that you love us when we're less good. And we ask that you help us to learn to love you and love one another as you have loved us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody can say amen. 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 Thanks for coming up. Do you want a, a prize? Come on up. We've got prizes here. Pick anything you want. It's, it's like grace. It's free. <laughs> <laughs> Not expected. <laughs> coming along. Pick anything you want. Do you want a stuffed animal? Do you want a little a, a doggy? There you go. Thanks for coming up, Dylan. I got that right. I've been slipping on names today. Now, the reason our lesson was made to shift, it was kind of my error. See, most mainline and Roman Catholic churches, we work out of a revised common lectionary. So the lessons are scheduled, are set up and scheduled in a three year cycle. And there's sometimes alternatives put in there. And some churches put the alternatives as the main lesson as the cycles go through. So when I looked up the lectionary, I saw this lesson from Jeremiah, which was according to Sundays and Seasons, the the source that I lose was the alternative. But I read it as one of the lessons and that's where my sermon came from. So when I came home and I looked at the bulletin, I said, "Uh uh-oh. So I sent Larry an email that gave him a heart attack. And uh, tried to soothe him through that, but we're going to have to do things different. So, we heard that lesson from Jeremiah. Now, being a child of that area, every time I hear Jeremiah, I think, Jeremiah was a bullfrog, bum, 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 was a good friend of mine, bum, bum. I never understood a single word he said, but I helped him to drink his wine. And he always had some mighty fine wine. And we know how this song goes on. But that's not the Jeremiah. Well, thank you. That's not the Jeremiah I'm talking about. I'm not referring to the the wine-drinking amphibian that's spoken intelligibly. I'm referring to the prophet Jeremiah, whose book comes right after Isaiah in our Old Testament. Now... Jeremiah is an interesting figure who was called by God to be a prophet at a very unique time in the history of what we would call Israel, but Israel at that time had already been run over by the Assyrians and they'd been taken away by slaves. The kingdom that we would refer to of Israel was actually Judah and its capital was Palestine. And Jeremiah was called by God to be a prophet, and Jeremiah tried to weasel out of it. Jeremiah said, well, God, I really don't speak that well. I'm, I'm not that good with English grammar, and how am I going to learn Greek and Hebrew grammar if I don't understand? Oh, that was me. Um, Jeremiah says, I don't speak very well, and um, I don't think I'd make a very good prophet, because I think Jeremiah knew that being a prophet and speaking with a true prophetic voice, was a dangerous occupation. It wasn't going to win you a bunch of friends, okay? But God said, no, I want you, and when the time comes, I will put the words in your mouth. Jeremiah was called to be a prophet in the time of King Hosea. Now, the time of King Hosea was interesting because there was a revival among temple worship, The Hosea had found the book of Deuteronomy. Until then, they didn't even know the book of Deuteronomy existed. And there was this revival in coming to, to the temple and how they would worship. And while Jeremiah initially thought this was a good thing, he started criticizing. Because he says, you know, you're putting proper worship form ahead of that relationship with God and how we live our lives outside the temple. So while we may come into our sanctuary and have a really good liturgy, exactly the way it should be, and sing the right songs and pray the right prayers and do everything with the right robes and the right trappings, you're not really allowing God to touch your hearts. You're not really allowing God to speak to you, to challenge you, to call you into a different life than you are living. Jeremiah spoke against the powers of the day. Now, Hosea died, and his replacements were not near as devout as Hosea was. And, well, there was some controversy there. Was the election rigged? We don't know because it's the Bible. And these stories were 500 years before Christ or 2,500 years old. But what's important to know is at that time, while the Assyrian empire, which had been the dominant empire in the world, was fading and they were losing their control, the Babylonians were on the rise. Also was a resurgence of the Egyptian empire. Now, Jeremiah said, listen, if you don't follow what God wants you to do, God is not going to protect you from the Babylonians. And the powers of the beast said, well, you know what, we'll just align ourselves with the Egyptians. He said, no, no, you need to align yourself with the Babylonians. See, Jeremiah was very, well, he was criticized because he was political in his preaching. But yet, God was telling Jeremiah what to say. And when you speak, against the powers that be, I when mean, you speak against the status quo, when you speak against what people are doing that makes them comfortable, well, they don't want to hear it. That's why prophets were often killed. Because we don't want to hear that the earth is warming and it's fossil fuel consumption that is causing it to happen and our oceans are starting to rise and we're getting more storms. We don't want to hear it because that means we have to change our ways. Just like Jeremiah is saying, listen, it's not about how you worship, what function you use in worship. It's what you take from that worship, what you grow in your relationship with God because of that worship that's important. People didn't want to change. So Jeremiah was also the prophet when the Babylonians came because the Hebrews stopped paying tribute to them and took away the people to Babylon. And then he further distanced himself from the people by saying, you're gonna be in Babylon a while. So buy property, plant orchards, start businesses. And the Hebrews were in Babylon for 38 years or more than a generation. But when you say that to people, they don't want to hear it. now. According to legend, there's no definitive proof, Jeremiah ended up getting kidnapped. After one time, they tried to kill him by throwing him in a well, and someone rescued him. But then he was kidnapped by the faction that was, um, wanted to align themselves with Egypt, and he was hustled away to Egypt where he was stoned to death. But we don't know that for sure. But that would surely follow the pattern of how we do not like this prophetic word. Sometimes it ruffles feathers. Sometimes it bothers people that you're challenging them for the things where they're comfortable where they live. But we were taught to preach a prophetic word. And while many pastors will back away from it, because let's face it, pastors end up getting out of seminary with quite a load of student debt often, and they need their job. And you don't want to ruffle feathers when you need your job. We all know this. We've been in that situations in our job. We don't want to ruffle feathers when you need your job. Well, you know, you're very lucky. I don't need my job, folks. So let's get to the lesson this morning. Jeremiah is told by God, go to the potter's shed and watch the potter. And the potter's in there making a vessel, okay? And if you've ever seen this, occasionally when a potter's working on a vessel, something happens. Um, they, they put a little too much pressure on the wrong side or there was a little fault that was building up in that clay and suddenly that vessel as they're spinning it up will collapse on them just fold in on itself it says see that's what's happening here tell the people I am the potter you're the clay and you're not forming the way I want in fact the vessel has collapsed So I'm going to reform the vessel, and there might be some evil. There might be some trial. You might get taken away by the Babylons and live in exile for 38 years. But I'm still with you. I am still your God, and I will still be with you through all this. But by that same token, we can see it. We can see it happening in our culture all the time. We can see it happening around the world as there is more and more people rising up because they are less fortunate, because they are on the outside of situations. There's more trouble in the inside trying to maintain the status quo. Well, maybe that vessel has collapsed and God is having us reform. Maybe, just maybe, now I don't think God caused it, but maybe this pandemic was part of our wake-up call to rearrange how we do things. I was very privileged, as I said on this past vacation, I got to meet with three people that I have incredible respect and admiration for. One is a good friend that we grew up together and uh, we were Eagle Scouts together, we were in Sunday school class together, we were confirmed together, we graduated to the same high school at the same time. One is my brother-in-law who started a handyman business without a trade, without any knowledge of construction, and has built it into a very first-class construction company just by using good business practice. And the third person I got to meet with was my one-time mentor, the person who took me under his wing at a very young age in my life, I was just 22 years old, and taught me more about how to manage people on a construction site than anybody else. And I got to sit up and have two late-night conversations and one early-morning conversation with these people. And one of the things we talked about was how did we react during this time of pandemic? How did our cultures react and adapt? And did we learn anything that we can take forward? Did we learn anything about how we can train people, how we can teach people, how people can work? Is it better that people can work from home or not? There's a push right now to get people back in offices, but some companies are saying, you know what? We're happy with our employees at home. They're happier. They're more productive. We're going to stay that. Where other companies say, well, we have this office space. We have this building we built, and it's sitting empty now, so we've got to bring people back. What are we learning from that? My one friend's in health care, and he was saying what was frustrating with him was he sees that many well-visit care appointments could be handled through a Zoom call, okay? Just checking in, where's your blood pressure, where's your weight, how's your diet, well-visit. And we could have more. W- he says he thinks well visits are so important that you're just checking in with your doctor and they're keeping track of who you are because time, oftentimes it's little things. It's little things change in our bowel habits. Little ache that's coming up out of nowhere, a persistent headache that comes on at certain times are indicators of a worse problem. So with these regular well visits that could be done very briefly and not even having to take up office space and, and staff time, how much more we could address the real health issues that people have, but he says, now that the pandemic is waning, everybody's rushing back in, trying to fall back into the old model. My brother-in-law and I were talking late into the evening and one of the things that came about was, is it really fair that you have a person who went to work in a coal mine at 18 and was very good at what they did and worked hard, and they worked in it for 25, 30 years. But now the coal mine is being shut down. And we're being told, they're being told, that coal is a bad thing. It's a dirty product, which we know it is. But now they've got to retrain. He says, how many people in their 40s can retrain and go into a whole new profession? It's not realistic to ask them of that. How many people end up having to go to work in some sort of retail working part-time not getting any sort of benefits. Is that really fair to someone who's been faithful? These are all the questions that came out of these late-night discussions, plus much, much more. Did we really react? Did we allow God to reshape how we did things other than just the basic good morning to all those out there who are joining us from home? Which is a great thing. We get what do we get, about 25 views a week, 35 views a week? So that translates to about 50 people who are attending church now who hadn't attended. We have people who have moved here from other climates, but they have checked in with us online, and they come up to me and they say, we feel like we know you, have been watching you for a few weeks already on, on TV on Sunday morning. We just moved down here. There are things that we could learn and be reshaped in how many different situations in our society if we looked at them from the position of God, if we looked at them from the teachings of Christ, of loving one another as God loved us, would change. We have a tremendous problem on our border, but walls don't work. So what is the answer? Is the answer just opening up? I don't know. But it seems like these things are this reshaping from the potter. Now I want to touch just a bit on the gospel as a wrap-up here, because this was a hard gospel to hear. To me, my follower, you got to hate your mother and your father, your brothers and your sisters, your neighbors, your good friends. you got to hate them, and you got to take up your cross, because if you don't, you can't be my disciple. Well, the word hate is a poor translation of the Greek term used, which I can't remember off the top of my head. It's a better translation to hear that word as love less, love less, okay? So unless you love your parents less, your family less, your very life less, you can't be my disciple because what is God telling us? Love me first with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your being. Then love your neighbor as you love yourself and these things need to be in balance. You can't love God if you don't love your neighbor. You can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. I've often found that many instances of harsh, bigoted languages are rooted in a sort of self-loathing, a, a poor opinion of self. They don't love themselves. So you need to have, what did I tell the kids this morning? I told them they had the whole, le- the whole lesson. All you need is Love. And if we approach all these problems from a point of love, then they start to change how we deal with them as a culture, as an individual. Now, when we get back to that lesson with the potter and the clay, I want to point out one thing God doesn't do in that lesson. He doesn't take that clay and throw it away and grab another lump of clay. He doesn't take us his adopted people through Christ and toss us away and grab another lump of clay. God maintained his promise to the Israelites to this day as God's chosen people. And then God expanded that process through what God did through his son on that cross. Well, maybe not that one, but one that looked a lot like that one to include all of the world. God has not thrown away that bit of clay that rebelled and ended up being distorted. God starts over and keeps God's hands on the clay. And whether that's your individual life and the things that you might be going to, or as a culture, God continues to try to form our lives so that we learn to love God above all things. Amen.
1: Christ, you have heard the word of faith, the gospel of salvation.
0: We We believe believe in in him him and are are marked with the the seal of the promised Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Living together in trust and hope, we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He ascended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended to heaven. He is seated at the right corner of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and a life everlasting. Amen. I invite you to be seated as we do our prayers. Um, How about joys? Are there any joys out there? I mean, I shared my joy. I had a a wonderful vacation while we was busy and we drove a lot. We got to see lots of people. Are there other joys that people would like to share on this day? Behind you. Behind me. Okay, Chris, you got a mic. You you got a mic. (laughs)
1: I am so overjoyed my granddaughter middle granddaughter called me and told me she closed on her very first home yesterday.
0: Amen <laughs> Terry I am blessed because
1: my oldest son yesterday got struck by lightning and thank God uh, and I mean thank God he it went. It hit the bounce, he was outside changing a tire, and it went through the tire to his leg, to his arm, and he couldn't let go of the drill. But when he did, it's numb from here up, and it was that way for about 20 minutes, and then finally he said it let go, and he could drop the drill. But uh, yes, he's all right, thank God.
0: Oh, that is such a joy, thank God. What's your son's name? Scott, okay. Other joys. Where have you seen God this past week? I see a hand back there. (laughs) Get lead to.
2: Yesterday started out to be a real good day. I I mean that literally. And then yesterday afternoon, after I got home from work, Somebody was going about 65 miles an hour, down 19, and right here, took out the rear end of my car with my daughter driving. The cop said that he was going so fast, he's lucky if he's, he, they took him to the emergency room. My blessing is because my daughter, other than her blood pressure going through the roof and her feeling a little achy, she's absolutely fine.
0: Oh, a, thank you for sharing that. Oh,
2: I'm also thankful that Marjorie is going to be good, and it wasn't worse than it was. Oh, yes. And for anybody that hasn't yet, we have some cards on the back table there to send Marjorie our well wishes and our love.
0: Okay, thank you. Yes, you have a joy you want to share. Thank you. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I got, almost got killed by a blind man in one eye, and he couldn't see out the other. And I had to ditch my bike just before running into him. And it it was an amazing thing that he didn't even touch me. I mean, it was a big deal, but uh, police were there and everything took the... I said, hey, he shouldn't even be driving. He's probably back on the road again. But But, thank you. That's number five. Okay, thank you. Thanks for sharing. Any other joys? Yes, Sandra.
1: I'm grateful, my grandson, my granddaughter, that are going through a very, very difficult time of finding the strength to move forward and not backward. And I thank the Lord for that.
0: Thanks for sharing. Other joys? Yes, Vinny. Yeah, when I was up in New York,
3: uh, my son had hip surgery. Everything went well. And that same week my sister my kid sister had spine surgery and
0: that went well too so thank you for all the prayers amen amen (laughs) any other joys okay how about that other side of the coin how about the concerns where are some places that we're asking for prayer where we've no situations of people asking for i've already shared i'm asking for as many prayers for Marjorie as I can, a few for me as I care for her. But are there other concerns out there that we want to raise up?
2: First time here. Been driving by and I just want, I just said, God, I have to go to this church. Um, I just want to lift up my son, Alex, who's my youngest. And if I start crying, it's because it's been a hard road. He's 29, and he's got autism, but he works, and uh, he's had a lot of jobs. Uh, he lost his younger, his older brother, about 36 years old, riding his bike to work a few months ago, and then he lost his cat, which was a big deal to him, and then a week ago his uncle suddenly was killed, so he's been through devastating losses, and of course he's. Trying to find a job now, so it's. I, I want you all to lift up my son Alex. I'm, I'm praying for him. He lives with me. It's been really hard, but I know God's there. He's got my back, and he's got his. I just need prayers for him. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Other, other concerns. I'm going to lift up Peg. Because I don't know if you've shared yet, but her son, Ray, is in hospice, and she's, this is a hard thing when your child is facing that, you know, last run. So I think we need to live up peg in all this. Yeah. Uh, Other concerns that we need to lift up.
3: Yeah, Yeah, my daughter-in-law, Nicole's mother, had passed away. yesterday, keep went up for
0: Okay. Other concerns? Is that Terry holding up Claire's hand? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> is that one of those situations every volunteer steps forward and everybody else steps back and leaves yeah, you sitting that. there?
3: Yeah, we, still,
0: we
1: still have continuing concerns for Sandy, who is... Case is still in limbo. We keep praying for her that things will shortly do something so that she can get some relief.
0: Okay. And continue our prayers for Sandy. Others. Then let's pray. Lord, we thank you and praise you for those blessings, for those times that you've kept us safe in what was seemingly it for us, that you were there and carried us through. We thank you for the blessings of healing and caregivers and understanding and a community that reaches out. Lord, we lift up all these concerns that we've we've mentioned today, that you look out for Alex, that you tend to Vinnie's sister, that all these things These concerns that we lifted up, that you you put your hands into the situations, that you help form that clay, that glorifies you, but also brings us healing and closeness to you. We pray all the things we've lifted up. We pray all the other things in our heart, those concerns, trusting and hoping that you hear all our prayers. We pray all this in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, and let the people say, Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: The peace of Christ be with you always.
0: And also with you. Let us share a sign of Christ's peace with one another.
3: Oh do Lord, I'll do remember.
0: Mary, I'm not on. No, okay, we're going to be doing something for the next couple months up until about Thanksgiving. I've asked leaders of the church to think about why you give, why you give, and to share that. And we're going to do that up until about Thanksgiving, and Chris volunteered to go first. So this is why Chris gives. Go ahead, take it away.
1: For me personally, I've been here 22 years, and <laughs> and I've seen the church grow. And then I realized, okay, you need to step out of your comfort zone and you need to realize the church has needs also. You need to perhaps volunteer here or there. but. You must also remember all the blessings that you've got from God, and then you pay that forward. So, I give for many reasons. I come through that door every week with joy in my heart that I can come and worship and hear the word and receive the sacraments. You are exposed to many different people and they also welcome you with open arms and love so I easily fill out my envelope but then the Lord blesses me with more finances and then you change your envelope number and each time that has happened I have found it quite easy for me because I want the church to grow. I want the programs to increase. I want us to reach out to all the community, rich, poor, happy, sad, to know these doors are open and they can come and have as much worship as we do and enjoy that service and know that's love of God. So therefore, I continue and try to increase and give joyfully each week. Thank you.
0: Let us pray the offering prayer as one voice. Gracious God, in your great love you richly provide for our needs. Make of these gifts a banquet of blessing and make us ready to share in all need. Through Jesus Christ, who sets a table for all. Amen. The Lord be with you. you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is is indeed right, our duty, and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread, and after he blessed it, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, take and eat, it's given to you, do this for the remembrance of me. In that same manner, after supper, he took the cup, and after he gave thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for remembrance of me. Amen. Okay, we're getting that one. <laughs> now, I invite you all be so bold as to pray the words as we've been taught by our Savior. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. All are invited to this table. Please be seated. God of the abundant table, you have refreshed our hearts in this meal with bread for the journey. Give us your grace on the road that we might serve our neighbors with joy for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And now, God, who gives you life for all things and frees us from despair, Bless you with truth and peace, and may the Holy Trinity, one God, bring you joy to the world, all you boys and girls, joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea, joy to you and me. Amen.
1: beside you.